folks, welcome back to Good Vibes Nation. Dougie, you're in the studio. How are you, man? I'm good, man. It's great to be back in the studio. I'm glad you're here with me. And Doug, we got a return guest this episode. I know. I'm excited about this one. Excited we, to have her back. I know. This is awesome. We are bringing back Tamara Young from episode 45, The Recovering Liberal. If you guys haven't listened to that episode yet, stop what you're doing. Go back. Check out that episode so you are familiar with her. But she's back on the show, and we're going to discuss a very important topic, maybe sensitive topic, Douglas. Mm. We're going to talk about censorship. So welcome to the show. How are you? Awesome. Thanks for having me back. Last time was so fun, so I have high expectations. <laughs> it was a great oh, show. Too. Oh, no, high expectations. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't be scared, Doug. We got high expectations. That's good. We realize she's a fan, too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Last show. We are as well. And actually... That's how I want to start this show off. Uh, we're going to talk about censorship. I sent over you guys three questions that we'll dive into. Uh, we won't say what they are right away. But I want to know more about you being censored. I've listened to one of your latest podcasts, and you got censored. Is that right? I did. I have arrived. All, All right. right. This is awesome. Not once, but twice. Twice? There's, I've already been um, shadow banned and weird things happening on Instagram and Facebook. So... I knew it was like more than a conspiracy theory. Uh I mean, I obviously knew it was happening and that there were kind of, I was never clear, like how, like what's the line of what I can say and words I can and can't say. There's a little bit of self-censorship already happening, but I had two videos pulled off of YouTube in pretty rapid succession. What were those videos about? If you don't mind me asking. The first one that got pulled, it, it wasn't my most recent, but it had been gaining a lot of traction. It had more views than all of my videos combined. Um, and it was the one about sudden adult death syndrome, kind of this newly minted diagnosis. And so it was COVID related. Right. Um, and about, uh, I was really recapping the work of someone else who was interviewed on another podcast and um, he had analyzed insurance, health insurance data, disability data, things like that, um, which did leave the conclusion that kind of pointed to vaccines potentially as you know one of the many uh potential causes to look into um it was really presenting a lot of data signals not necessarily like causal evidence right so i recapped that i didn't provide a medical disclaimer or anything like that on my podcast i thought it pretty much went without saying that as a stay-at-home mom i'm not a medical expert but (laughs) that could be why i'm not sure i think there's also and that i'm piecing this together and kind of guessing, making the most educated guess possible on why I was censored because, you know, all of the various policies, particularly medical misinformation policy, it's a little bit vague. It's, um, you know, you can't really say anything that is deemed, quote, dangerous misinformation and goes against kind of medical expert uh, advice. And so, um, but I can't, I've appealed and I've also sent messages to YouTube. I can't get an answer as far as what specifically I said, did I get a number wrong or is it something more nebulous? Like, you know, the overall theme. Um, but I have also noticed that somebody like me, who's just talking into a camera has less leeway than say, if I were a guest on a podcast talking about those same things. Hmm. So that's one potential, you know, thing that I've noticed is, you know, if you're talking to a camera, unchallenged, unmitigated, um, it seems that the social media gods might be have a little less tolerance for what you have to say than if you were, say, interviewing a guest and kind of opening up space for them to 
speak some things, question them, challenge them, things like that. I think it's amazing that you got banned and they didn't even let you know. Like, why? The why behind it. It's it's whoever made the decision was like, and that's it. Yeah, you're out. Yeah. Right? Like you said, it could have been a number wrong. I mean, you have really have no clue as as yeah. to the as to the why. That that was the first one. You said there was two? Yes, there was another one. It was um about the CDC's addition of the COVID vaccine to the childhood immunization schedule. So again, about um COVID and the vaccines as you know, at least part of the theme. I focused mainly in that episode though on um that decision's implications on um, the issue of liability for pharmaceutical companies. So that's what I focused mostly on. So there were no conclusions to be drawn as far as whether or not you should get vaccinated or not. But um, I, again, I just, I don't know. Um, it seemed that when COVID-related videos start picking up a little bit of steam, steam and traction, in, in my kind of skeptical brain, <laughs> that's where yeah. I'm like, is it because it's getting views? I don't know. Yeah. I think I think but I would like to know. I genuinely would like to know. Did I say something wrong? Did I get us to? Did I get a figure incorrect? Because then I could I could easily go back and edit and correct that myself. Right. And issue you know, correction. Right. Right. Um, so you got no response from YouTube. It just was. You just noticed that it was not there anymore. I got a notification saying that they did cite the policy. They okay. they said you violated the medical misinformation policy. And then you can go read the policy. You can, um, it gives you the opportunity to rewatch your video and critique it and see if you can find something that you think was correct or incorrect. Right. And then you can appeal it. And I appealed both decisions saying, no, I've watched the videos again. I can't find anything that I see that is false or misleading. So, um, and then from there, it's just kind of those automated emails again right. saying, we've reviewed your appeal almost instantly saying and we're going to uphold the decision. <laughs> I, I wonder who makes that decision. Like that's my question about, all, you know, all social media sites is like, I'm sure there's a team of people, but like, you know, like you said, who makes that decision? Who, who deems, like you said, you know, you're not a medical expert, but you know, you're just stating kind of, it was someone else's information like you you said on your on our last podcast you do a lot of research now for your show and for you know your videos and things like that and just it's a, the question i have is is you know who deems what you say you know as misinformation why do why does that that's the question i had too and it's why and i had already been curious about the overall concept of censorship just because, um, first of all, I used to lean on a, a different way on the issue of censorship because I didn't really understand the slippery slope of its implications. Um, but it also just seemed kind of like a nebulous idea. Like some people behind closed doors are making this, is it like a teenager with acne who's entry level or is it like a bunch of guys in suits who have been doing this for ages? Is it doctors determining what's medical misinformation or not? Is it like a mid-level employee? Who is it? Right. Um, Because it seemed like kind of a nebulous out there kind of thing. So I was really more curious about like the more coordinated um, industry of deciding what is and what isn't disinformation and um, the respective censoring of that information. My fear, I don't know who it is at YouTube specifically. It's not like I got an email signature name. <laughs> it's kind of an automated email. Yeah. I can't, you know, add them on LinkedIn and ask them. <laughs> but um, 
one of the things I've just observations as, as that happened on, you know, my platform that I've created is I don't have a lot of uh, eggs in that basket or resources. I don't have the weight of a huge following behind me to really make that big of a fuss. I'm pretty easy to censor um, without consequences. You know, not a lot of people are going to know that I got censored. Not a lot of people, even fewer are going to care really. Um, cause I'm just kind of an ordinary person with a few, just a handful of YouTube followers. Um, but it does feel, it, it makes the, the, uh, the, the problem of censorship feel very personal. I will say, <laughs> cause I'm like, wait a second, if I can't talk into a microphone about what I'm learning and hearing and observing, even if a lot of, you know, my episodes, uh, content is my opinion, then what, what is this? I think it's crazy to try to find out. Who is that? Who's in control of that button, that censorship button? So I tried to dive into YouTube specifically because I know that's that's what you got pulled down off off of with those those two clips. And what I noticed was on their site, it said it gave some information. It said according to the, that platform's recent transparency reports, it said that ninety five percent of the of speech that was flagged was hate speech. And was detected by AI is what they said. So that was uh, for Facebook. I'm sorry. And then on YouTube, it said 99.2% of the, the comments removed for violating community standards were flagged by AI. So they're labeling this as AI. Yeah. So is there even a person behind there? Are there yeah, that's, yeah. hot words yeah. that, that we're saying <laughs> that, like you said, as soon as you get COVID, like whoop, it goes over and starts filtering what you said? Yeah. I mean, that. Who's the who's the wizard? That's well. That's kind of if if you know, like you said, that brings up a good point, right? Is it just you know artificial intelligence that's just you know looking for keywords and looking for you know certain uh, ideas and things like that, and just taking them taking those particular words down? Yeah. So yeah, I, that's, that's really interesting, and that's help. That's helpful and new information for me. Um, I wonder how much AI is able to account for nuance. That's something right. that I would question mm -hmm. um, rather than just like a, kind of an algorithm of if you put enough of these words together, yeah. it's got to be misinformation. Right. Um, so that's interesting. I don't know. But I, I, I still wonder if that's true, why AI didn't catch that video until after weeks when it had picked up so yes. much steam. Maybe that's part of the AI algorithm, too, is it has to right. reach a certain threshold of views for us to care about it. Sure. Might be that I'm not sure of, but that would be interesting to find out how that AI technology works. Yeah. I'm definitely, I'm definitely interested in, in finding out more about that, but all right, into the nitty gritty. I tossed three questions over to you guys. And I want to start talking about, and the first is your opinion is social media censoring. Is it biased? All right. So I thought about this question a lot and I'm just, I'm just going to say it like, so my idea on the censorship part of it is kind of, let me think of how to word this correctly. It's up to the to the company. These are these are privately held companies, right? Mm -hmm. So YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, they're allowed to do. They're allowed to to censor whatever they want, right? I mean, they could censor. You know, I'd love for them to censor Broncos highlights because the Broncos are terrible, All right? Right. So if they decided we're not going to show mm -hmm. any Broncos clips, you know, I'd be fine with that, obviously, but. You know they're allowed to do that, mm -hmm. right? So they're allowed to, um, you know, to tell Tamra like this video is being taken down, and they, to me, 
right? It would be nice if Tamara got a reason why, hey, here's why we took it down. I, I think that that would be a good thing for them to do. So we don't have the conspiracy theories of, you know, they're taking it down because I was talking about COVID or because of this or because of that. I would love an explanation for it. But the question I guess I have is, do they owe that to us, right? Do they owe that to to the viewers or, you know, or the content makers to say, hey, you know, we took this down because you said A, B, or C. Um, but it, overall picture, I think that, you know, they're a private company, then they have the right to kind of put whatever they want on there. Do I think it's biased? Probably. You know, probably based on the views of whoever's running that company or who, or the AI, the person that creates that AI or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, everything's biased and right now. So, but yes, I yeah, do I think, think it's biased. Right. I think you're right that everything's biased. And I think the private company argument is also like, that's low hanging fruit. It's easy to, you know, recognize that private companies have that right to make whatever distinctions they really want. I think right. the should question is maybe a little bit harder. I kind of fall on the other side on the should right. <laughs> because I think it's kind of the same problem that a lot of people have had with more mainstream media is if we're, if we're getting into this market, whether it's media or social media, it's for information. It's to expand our own knowledge. It's to be informed. I think that there's, the right or excuse me, the responsibility of whatever the platform may be. So in this case, YouTube to make that platform as unbiased as possible in terms of information. Um, because I would argue that it's kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth to say, we're going to deem this bucket of information dangerous while the censorship of that information can be equally or even more detrimental to people's actual health. And I'll give you and just use their own argument against them. And I'll give you an example. So myocarditis as a side effect from vac mRNA vaccines used to be something that was censored. Um, that was actively weeded out of platforms, you know, just as, as early as six months ago. And now you're seeing, you know, I saw a tweet from NBC. It's mainstream coverage now that Pfizer and Moderna are tracking um, heart events and myocarditis. And, you know, the Surgeon General of Florida has pulled the vaccine from, you know, the younger age range of males um, because of its impact. And so I would argue that, you know, if I were, um, if I had a healthy young male in my household, I might've wanted to see that content on YouTube or Facebook six months ago before I made the decision of whether to get my loved one, you know, vaccinated or boosted if they were in that age group and potentially at risk of my myocarditis as a potential side effect. Um, and I'm not saying anything that I think is going to get you censored right now because now it's <laughs> kind of out there in the public and yeah, no, right. um, can't be censored because it's well-accepted fact. And I think that around the pandemic, and this has been my observation as I've been following this stuff with COVID for so long as I've seen it more prominent with respect to COVID topics, that there's about a six-month lag, it seems, between conspiracy theory or at the very least some kind of censorship and mainstream conversation and in that gap of time how many people could have used that information yeah right i guess my point though is just should we be getting our medical information from youtube and from you know and and the reason yeah. i the reason that i asked that question is because yes there are you know things like you brought up right there's there's things like that where you know it 
it may change your opinion on on the, the vaccine. We'll say right, but but there's there can be right. You guys both have to admit that right that there can be information out there that you look at it the other way, right? So you know, a lot of people were getting their information about getting the vaccine because of Facebook and because of YouTube and because of things. And so all these people were getting that information and saying, oh, yeah, everybody has to get the look. I saw this tweet on, you know, on Twitter that said, you know, that this person said I need to get my vaccine. So they go get their vaccine. Yeah. And should they have or should they not have? And, and, and I guess my whole point of this, and we talked a little bit about it on our Twitter episode, is... I just don't think that social media should be the place where we get our news, medical information and things like that. And I know we all do. And, and listen, I do too sometimes, like, right? I do too. But it it just makes it difficult in these kind of situations when we're getting that kind of information that, you know, affects our lives, livelihoods and things like that from, you know, some random tweet on Twitter or an Instagram reel. Like it just, to me, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. I don't know. It doesn't feel right in my brain. To an, to an extent, let me. I'll, I'll answer this and kind of get into what you're saying too. And on, first of all, social media, like you said, it's it's not the government, right? right. So it, being a conservative, a, a, a patriot, you know, the First Amendment, right? It doesn't apply there, right? It doesn't apply there, right? right? And you're you're seeing that now, like we talked about with the with the Twitter takeover. You know, people aren't happy. Right. Because of that, because I, I think it is biased at times. Now, don't get me wrong, left or right, I think you, you could look and you could find it. You could see people on the left that are that are talking about social media and they're saying that you know they were censored, right? You know, and the right, you know, this the the same way. I mean, I think, but I do think that it does lean one way more sure. than the other. But to answer, kind of go into what you were saying before, social media is this is the the day and the age where we're at, right? Everybody is either on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, right. you know, some sort, TikTok, something. And that's a way, a huge platform to reach millions and millions of people right. to get information out there. Mm-hmm. And that's what was happening during that time in right. COVID. You know, right. it just depended on who there's, there were doctors, legitimately doctors that were on there mm-hmm. and letting them know, letting the people know what they were seeing. Right. But it didn't fit with the agenda of what was going on. And like you said, there was there was some some of those doctors, there was a gap. You know, at first they're like, Oh, you know, no, they they are far right. You can't talk to them. Right. They don't know what they're talking about. And then all of a sudden, six months later, a lot of stuff that they were saying right. came out as truth. Right. So I think it's a huge platform for people to be able to reach, whether it's political, you know, whether it's you know, we're talking about health issues and stuff like that. I think that that's why they use it. But yeah. you've got the common guy in between there too. You know what I mean? With right. their two cents. Right. Saying, hey, you yeah. know, take this cocktail and you'll be all right. Right? Exactly. You know, that's kind of my point. It's like, what what information do we take as truth and what do we take as, you know, conspiracy theories or whatever you want to call them? But, you know, it, you just don't know. Right? You, you just don't know. And so it's difficult for me to, to take medical advice. I mean, you know... I, Obviously, I took the vaccine, but I, you know, I heard heard about it. And the, but I talked the person I talked to. I called my doctor. Yeah. And I said, "Hey, what do you think about this?" Right. And I listened to you know. I always listen to the guy from here locally that um, did his kind of Fauci press conference every week, yeah. Doctor Ol. Yeah. Um. So you know, I just I I don't know. I just don't know that that's where we should be getting our 
But I mean, doctors, good or bad, doctors good have bad. difference of opinions. Right? No, absolutely. Doctors have right. different. You can right. talk. You go to two different doctors for the same dang thing, and they're telling you to do two different things. Yeah, that's you know. Truth. I think that's where even even the medical experts on YouTube and social media platforms don't agree. Nor necessarily should they. I mean, they should have in academia and in yeah the medical field, they should have the luxury of being able to have robust debate. That's always been the cornerstone of medicine um, yeah. up until recently. I think it's just it's. The struggle I see is because when I started seeing this content myself, it validated the experience that I had had. Um, I know plenty of people who have had the vaccine with seemingly no negative impact. Um, I did suffer. <laughs> um, I had just a bad reaction. And so it, I saw that my experience was validated in the content I was seeing. And so to see that start getting squashed out. And um, I think the trouble with social media and these tech, big tech platforms is that when whatever you see is the most pervasive, it's just natural human instinct to believe that that must be the most true. Yeah. And that dissenting opinions that are, that kind of slip through the cracks must be more fringe. And so I, I, I think that censorship paints a distorted picture of the conversations that would be happening if we were to just, you know, get our families together for Thanksgiving and talk about yeah. some of this stuff. I think there yeah. would be more room open for debate than there is allowed to be on social media. So that brings me to my second question. We talked about it, kind of touched on, I think, each one of us a little bit there. Do you think that social media's ownership, do you think that they determine what is being censored? You know, Mark Zuckerberg yeah. owns Facebook. Mm -hmm. Do you think that because he is in charge of Facebook, it could be things could be censored one way or the other? Y yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, he's going to, I don't think that Mark Zuckerberg is looking at every post and make, you know, saying yes and no, but the people that he hires to do that or the, or the AI that they that they create, I think absolutely has a, has a lean towards whatever, you know, his you know, his views are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think so. I don't, not, maybe not necessarily him so much, but his, that group of people that run that company, you know, not, necessarily maybe the the guy i don't think there's probably one guy but but i'm sure that there's a there's a team of people there that that pick and choose and decide hey this is a keyword or that's a keyword but yeah i think okay you know whoever does it bam tossing it over to you what do you think yeah i think in the end though i agree that the the simplest answer is yes i also think that they're under um, a great deal of influence from outside forces. So um, we know that these neo-liberal, neo politically active billionaires, along with the Western security state and our security agencies and big tech are pulling together as a consortium to fund these like seemingly benign sounding organizations that are essentially naming themselves the arbiters of truth and um, actively launching disinformation campaigns. So I think that, you know, I'm reminded as from my career in marketing and advertising that, um, you know, these tech platforms have to be really mindful of their advertisers and what their advertisers want their ad next to. And, um, you know, I think the beast that is corporate power is um, very politically inclined to keep the conversations going down a certain lane. Um, and I think that knowing that they're under a tremendous amount of pressure from the government who, as a reminder, regulates big tech and um, sets the tax codes for corporations, I think that there's a, a tremendous amount of influence to work in conjunction with um, 
those organiz those broader disinformation kind of censorship organizations um, to coordinate with them. And you know, we've seen more of this through leaked documents, but as well as public rec records from litigation that um, we've seen examples, um, and we're seeing more and more of them of where you know Zuckerberg is getting pressure from government agencies. And I think that's happening a lot of across a lot of our big tech platforms for sure. But don't you think, Tamara, and I, and I know you, I, I'm pretty sure you think that's from listening to your podcasts, that that happens in every industry, right? Don't yes. you think, like, like government, every major, right? Every major yeah. industry has government ties and, and influences and things like that. And I, I, you know, yes, I'm a liberal, but I also, Absolutely. Think that, I also think that that, that all that stuff should, you know, I don't think that there should be. You know, I think the government has a purpose. I think that they, you know, but I don't think that one of those purposes should be influencing business to do, you know, to do things the way that they want to do it. I think businesses should be able to run their business however they want. But, absolutely. Uh, you know. I agree. Yeah. I think it absolutely does. Yeah. Absolutely does. 100% does. But we've got a choice too, right? I mean, you right. see all these these celebs now with with the Twitter takeover, and they're like, "Hey, I'm out." Well, okay, you don't want to pay your eight dollars, and right. go ahead. Yeah, you know, go go somewhere else. But I think definitely, like you said, I agree with you a hundred hundred percent about the marketing aspect of it. Yeah, there's billions and billions of dollars that's being thrown back and forth. Right. You know, between them, and obviously, they're you know the politics that goes along with it. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If your advertisers don't like your content, then you're going to change your content. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, I, I think that's, that's kind of, the, that's the main thing. It, it all comes down to dollars and cents. It I mean, does. If they could make a, a billion dollars, you know, putting Good Vibes Nation on YouTube, Let's do it. you know, then, you know, then they'd put Good Vibes Nation on. Think they can make YouTube. a billion off us? I'm I mean, probably. Yeah. If we keep having Tamara on. That's, that's the key right there. <laughs> that's the key right there. <laughs> All right. So my last question, it leads me to, can social media censorship play a factor in elections? Or has it? Let me toss that up there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. A thousand percent yes. And it has. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, like, like we talked about before, it's where people get their, get their information. Um, so, you know, whether right or wrong, or it, it was, it's funny, and this isn't really social media, but my kids are on their phones a lot and they like, you know, I, I hear the ads and they could not believe that anyone would vote for their, we have a local politician here who just ran for, um, the state Senate and she lost. And she had some, her opponent had some very negative ads towards her. Um, and my kids who are 12 and nine could not believe that anyone would vote for her. Like, they're like, this lady is evil. She, how could you possibly vote for this person? And it was amazing. Like, it was eye opening to me. Cause I'm like, they're tw like, he's my son's 12 years old. And he's like, he sees this constantly and constantly. And, and, you know, and uh, unfortunately that, moves up and right and now you know i hear it all the time too and and so social media and, and all media i think well i'll just say this and tamara can i can attest to this too is advertising works and mm -hmm. so and social media is a form of advertising especially for politics absolutely yeah i 1000 percent agree and i i can't even 
begin to list the number of ways directly, but I think it's it's safe to say, you know, we used to call Twitter what the the digital town square. Right. And so a lot of political conversations are happening. And you mentioned, Doug, you know, your like YouTube shouldn't be your be all end all for medical advice. Right. I would say the same is true for political advice. Right. Yeah. Uh, because you're getting, you know, you're getting little mo- for the most part, little sound bites and you're sharing memes. <laughs> that right. can really pack a punch mm-hmm. and get a point across, but can completely miss um, nuance. So I think I think social media is really effective for drumming up, you know, the pros or the antis. I don't know that it's great for all of us who find ourselves somewhere in between. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I absolutely think that, yeah, social media influences elections sometimes more directly than others. Yeah. Well, it's, I was watching um, a news show uh, last week, I was on 60 Minutes. They had a really good program on social media, and I thought about it when I was watching it because I knew we were going to do this. And it was interesting that they did a study, and it was I can't can't remember the exact numbers, but it was something like eight percent of the people are uh, extreme left, and eight percent of the people are extreme right, and kind of everybody else was just middle. And they talked about the the fact that those middle people don't engage, right? And they're they're afraid to engage and they're they're afraid to say what they think about those, you know, those fringe ideas. And I think that's where we run into an, an issue where, you know, we can be, you know, there's so much information, you know, there's so much information out there on those polar sides that we forget kind of what's in the middle. And it's where most people are, you know, but, but nobody wants to say anything. You don't want to get into a political fight with yeah. your, with your aunt who says something crazy about, you know, this or that. And, you know, you don't want to, you know, especially like on Facebook where you're friends with family and things like that. Like nobody wants to, you know, have a social, you know, Facebook fight with, you know, there's a couple gran- people that grandma. Do. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, there are. <laughs> there's a couple people yeah. that do. I found some interesting facts, uh, Ooh, about I love, the 20- I love when you give facts. Thanks, man. About the twenty <laughs> twenty <laughs> the twenty twenty election and these companies, right? So this first one comes from Twitter. Ready? I'm gonna read it for you. Twitter gave over ninety percent of their political contributions to the Democrats for the twenty twenty cycle. The combined multi million dollar total of both platforms was split among individual employee donations and PAC money. The top recipient for both organizations was none other than Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden. Biden. All right. And then go to Facebook. Facebook contributed 91.68% of its donations to the Democrats collectively between the individual donations and PAC donations. Um, and only 8.3% went to the Republicans during that, during that time. So I think that alone, you follow the money. Right. That, you know, that's exactly where it is. Like, you you know, the vast majority of both those companies individually, that's right. their employees. Um, and as the company as a whole, as that board who decides where that money goes to, went in one direction. Right. And I thought that was crazy. That is interesting. Yeah. That is that. That is. The numbers are that far. That's what really that's what jumped right. off at me. We're it not seventy five twenty five. Yeah, we're, you're not even talking right. Sixty forty yeah. or you know seventy five twenty five. I mean, you're up in the ninety percent bracket yeah. for these companies that individuals right. that were donating. Yeah. 
Well, on the individual on the individual part, I can kind of see it, but from a from a business standpoint, you know, it's that's surprising because those companies make billions and billions of dollars, and you know, you would think that they would want to have less taxes. What jumped off at me was the individual aspect of it because we've talked about it before on our show on on different ones where if you're you know, if you have your own company, are you going to hire? You know, you got ten positions. Are you going to hire ten like-minded dugs? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Right. right? You're going to spread it out. You want right. to see, you know, what the you know the African American, the you know the uh, you know Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. you know whatever mm-hmm. we're going to talk women. about. Right. The women. Right. Of course, the women. <laughs> we shouldn't have to say that. Right. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, you want to see what other people think and what other people can bring to the table and contribute so i mean to me i'm looking at that i'm like they just hired everybody that's the same right which might be part of the problem with the censorship of those companies you know what i'm saying if they're all like-minded like that yeah you know maybe that you know like tamra was saying before you know she hasn't she sent her appeals got it back relatively quickly so you wonder if there's actually you know if those once you appeal something, maybe then it goes to an actual human, and or, or you know some kind of thing. It doesn't sound maybe not like that, but you know there's got to be at some point humans behind either the AI yeah. or the you know things. And if everybody's like mine, you'd you'd like to think that there'd be a debate of listen, um, Tamara Young put this video up, and you know here's what it said. Let's watch it. You know what do you think? What do you you would like to think that, but that's we all know that. Probably not the case. <laughs> yeah, reviewing thousands of hours of content. Right, right. With a fine tooth comb. Yeah. It's hard to believe that happens, but yeah. that, but that's the idea. You have it right that there's some human behind it at yeah. some point. There's got to be, at least once it's escalated to a certain point. Y'all be um, just because I'm fast. I'm also fascinated by that as well. Um, well, first of all, something Doug you said, I was thinking, I was like, being in the middle. Feels like your parents are fighting for custody. Yeah, you don't want to say anything, yeah. right? It's because you're like, if I say anything, then these people think I'm Republican, so they start right. trying to like welcome me home, and I'm like, no, 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 wait, I still <laughs> like this over here, and then the liberals are trying to get you too. Yeah, and so the inclination is just like you said to not engage. Yeah, um, that's why I'm trying to speak more and more because I'm like, I think there are more of us. I really do. <laughs> um, but as far as kind of the the intense like ideology of social media um, and you see it in their donations. I mean, democratic legislation tends to, our regulators tend to favor, do things that are favorable to the tech industry. Did did y'all see the uh, Dave Chappelle bit from SNL over the weekend? No, from this weekend. No, I haven't seen it yet. I saw It's pretty funny. Um, But he, in his opening monologue though, he does a bit about, he jokes about how he lives in the middle of Ohio and so he can, he's like, I live amongst, you know, poor people. I can understand why people like Trump. And he said, remember that opening debate? Cause he calls him an honest liar. Yeah. And I he did, says, I you know, remember that. that, you know, the very first debate, he's like, you know, Hillary's trying to punch him in the taxes. And she says, you know, you don't pay your taxes. And he said, that makes me smart. And he also <laughs> says, you know, um, then change the tax code. But I know you won't because all of your billionaire friends and donors would yeah. have to pay um you know just like i did because they're they're working the system just like i am yeah, and right. so it's just um i thought that was real a really funny opening monologue but he's he's just a great comedian but yeah. it's it's Love him. a lot of the problems that i get really passionate about is like until we can untangle 
like corporate interests from our politics, I don't know that we can achieve a lot of change. What I will say, and I've, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I picked up on it a couple of times on the Instagram platform. I get sometimes when I have nothing better to do in life, I get lost in the reels for mm-hmm. 10 or 15 minutes. And I've seen some where you're I'm scrolling through and it's a blank, blank page and it says that it it's sensitive material. Right. So sometimes you have to, you got to click on it to watch the video or, yeah. or it'll tell you why, it right. was, why it's censored, but you're still able to see it. And sometimes it's, you know, you click on it and somebody's riding, one was, dude was riding a motorcycle. I know that's funny, but he's riding a motorcycle and this tire comes out of nowhere and hits the guy in the head. And obviously, like, that's a shock to your system, right? right. So I wouldn't want my eight-year-old watching that. Right. So glad they sent But some of it is political. When you click on it, you're still able to see it, but it's still, it's either one side or the other. But And actually, when you, you're able to click on it again, and it'll tell you why. It'll say not not 100% correct or some misinformation or something like that. Yeah. But it, was, it wasn't pulled off altogether. It left it on there, but you've got to dig deeper to be able right. to, to see it. So, have you guys seen that? I've seen yeah. that that idea, yeah, yeah, but I haven't seen it in political. I've always seen it a tree fall. Most of the time, it's that. <laughs> I'll say most of the time is that. But I've seen maybe out of ten, maybe two really? that were were politically charged, and yeah, and that's what it said. It said some misinformation. In you there. look at more political stuff. I look at trees falling on people. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I use my social media for. That's it. Trees that's falling it. on people, man. But, uh, I'll say too that truth, like platforms like Truth Social, are just as bad on the censorship. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine oh, it's. I'm, sure. I'm not on it, but I would imagine it's probably the other side of the spectrum, then, right? Yeah, I'm not on it. I've poked around a little bit and heard censorship stories there too. Yeah. So I'm yeah. saying you find it all over, but I appreciate you guys uh, sitting down and, and willing to discuss this. I think we're all pretty much on the on the same page, you know. Uh, for for we the most part, here. Are. we are. We are. <laughs> But uh, what do you know? that's right. Well, we appreciate your time, man. Thank you for jumping back on our show. Thank you for having me back. It was fun to dive into just one specific topic. I'm usually all over the place. <laughs> well, I love it. We're going to definitely have you back on more often because of, you know, the information that you provide. I mean, you've brought a lot of stats to the table there that I'm amazed by. Yeah. I got to start doing some research. You two are too researchy for me. <laughs> You're just... do some research. <laughs> I got to come up with some stats. There you go. There you go. Well, I appreciate your time, ma'am. And Doug, until next time. All right. See you later. Thank you, Tamara. Thank y'all. Thank you. Hey, guys. Nick here. Just wanted to take a second and shout out the Next Top Recruits, an official sponsor of us here at Good Vibes Nation. The Next Top Recruits is your connection to college coaches. They partner with student athletes and their families along the journey to college athletics. They help them find their best fit academically, all while utilizing their connections with the college coaches to put the athlete in the best position possible to be recruited. If you are or know of an athlete that is looking to get recruited or even have any questions about the process, check out Next Top Recruits at www.nexttoprecruits.com. Also, the Next Top Recruits has a great fast-pitch softball organization here in North Carolina. They have teams ranging from 10U all the way up to the high school level and are located in various cities throughout the triad and surrounding areas. If you're interested in your daughter playing for an elite organization that will help develop their skills they'll need to play at the next level, you can reach out to Ken Carlisle at K-E-N.C-A-R-L-Y-L-E at nexttoprecruits.com. That's Ken Carlisle at K-E-N.C-A-R-L-Y-L-E at nexttoprecruits.com.
right, welcome back to Bonehead News, Dougie. Yes, my favorite segment that we do where people get all of their bonehead news. That's right. That's right, man. Would you uh, like to share some bonehead news with us today? I would, I would love to, Nick. Go ahead, man. What you got? I'd love to. Well, you know, we talk about on the show a lot, the border, right? Mm-hmm. And how it's, you know, we need to close the border to stop all these, you know, build that wall, illegal drugs from coming in and and all the criminals and things like that. Well, we're going to have to build a wall on the Northern side. Really? Canada. Eh? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, A man was arrested for smuggling something, uh, across the Canadian border. Uh, a New York city man has been charged with smuggling three Burmese pythons in his pants. Oh no. (laughs) At the U S Canadian border. I don't do snakes. Calvin Batista, 36, is accused of bringing the hidden snakes on a bus that crossed into northern New York on July 15th. Importation uh, of Burmese pythons is regulated by an international treaty and by federal regulations listing them as injurious yeah. to human beings. Yeah, no. Nope. I would have let that dude go. Really, what's down your pants? Uh, three giant pythons. Go. Yeah, you're yep. good. Yep. You're good. Keep See on ya. moving, brother. Keep I don't want to know moving. your name. Goodbye. They would fire me. I'm gone. No way. You're not going to. No not going to be that border patrol agent. Nope. That guy's gone. Yeah. Free pass there. Good he, lord. He faces up to 20 years in prison. Oh. Well, how's that prison talk too? Like, what are you in for? What are you in for? Murder. <laughs> what are you in for? Smuggled in three snakes <laughs> in my, my pants. pants. No. Wonder if he tried to say like, "Is that a snake in your pants?" No. <laughs> you think that was how it went? I wonder. You just happy to see me? It's three snakes. Is that a Burmese python in your pants? You just happy to see me? I'm good. No, I'm good. Well, I got one for you, man. Uh, Title of the article is "Bank Robbery Suspect Arrested After Stopping for a News Interview During Crime Spree." Mm-hmm. Needed his uh, 15 minutes of fame, I was baby. Say yeah, if you're gonna do it, do it right. A bank robbery suspect in Gwinnett County, Georgia, is accused of making a crucial mistake following his alleged crime spree. He let his identity be known. Eric Rivers was arrested Tuesday in connection with a spree of bank robberies in Lawrenceville, Georgia, after he appeared on camera on an interview with a local news station for an unrelated story about public transit. Uh, Lawrenceville police say that Rivers was suspected of having just robbed a Chase Bank and was believed to be in the midst of casing several others in the area when he agreed to the interview. He removed his hat and revealed a do-rag, which he allegedly worn during the robberies on the security camera, and the images were released by police. Authorities say that after the interview, Rivers proceeded to scope out another bank in the area, as police were investigating the report of bank robberies, a bank manager said she walked down towards the news truck after le- leaving the building and police followed and noticed him and police followed up that lead and provided Rivers's name by the news station. Oh, and man. yes, he was he was detained That's and surprised name. that he got caught, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how how could I possibly have gotten caught? They they said the do rags always get you. They said that they think he was uh, that the news reporter caught him off guard when asked for his name, and he just said his real name. Said it, yeah, yeah. incredible, incredible. I love boneheads. Yeah, that's bonehead news, folks. We out.